BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Third and Central Podcast, the only podcast dedicated solely to the University of Louisville baseball program. This is your host, Matt Sefcovic, joined by Aaron Turner. Aaron, we just spoke last week and met with Luke Smith and kind of caught up what he's been doing post-baseball last year. We've got another great guest on tonight, but before we hop into that, how's everything going as we prepare for the draft here up in a, a week or so? I'm fantastic. It's draft week. This is my bread and butter. I'm I'm doing great. How are you doing? So we've got another guest on tonight. We are going to be joined by none other than Dalton Rushing, who is expected to be taken first off the board in the 2022 MLB draft, which is a week from tonight. Before we kind of get into that, um, you know, remember we're coming off the 2021 draft where Louisville had the first overall pick in Henry Davis taken off the board last year. We had seven Louisville players taken overall, which has added up to a grand total of 94 players under Dan McDonald since he's been at Louisville. And the Louisville Baseball Twitter account, they posted a graphic earlier this week, and it's a it's a hat of every team with the name of every player that has been drafted to come through the program and if you haven't seen it go check it out it's it's mighty impressive just to see the amount of players that have been drafted under dan mcdonald and their goal is to get to 100 and i think they've got a pretty good shot to get there this year but it's it's going to be close we're going to be right there so aaron how, how do you feel in heading into the into the draft this year uh, this is always, always exciting every year. This is something that I know a lot of Louisville fans look forward to, including myself. And, you know, seeing that graphic that the Twitter account posted yesterday, that really puts everything into perspective for you. Like, you know, we're, we all want Louisville baseball to be successful at a college level. But I think that, you know, what happens after college speaks volumes about what we have going on here. And the fact that, you know, we can hit 100 guys drafted this, this year is crazy. And, you know, that 
you know, there's nothing nothing more you can say about Dan McDonald other than he's he's fantastic at what he does, and we are very lucky to have him. And you know, I don't want to take a a page out of John Calipari's book and talk about how this is the best day ever for Louisville baseball if somebody gets drafted. That's not the case. But the fact that Dan McDonald's had 94 players drafted from his program, from a program that before he got there won one NCAA tournament game, is pretty damn impressive, and we're going to celebrate that as much as we can. Yeah, for sure, for sure. This is this is a very exciting time, and all Louisville fans should be should be excited for this. So heading into the draft, we'll kind of break down the prospects. Like I said, Dalton Rushing, he is the top overall prospect for Louisville this year. He will be the top player taken. He'll be join be joining us here in just a little bit. Um, MLB Pipeline has Dalton as the 50th best prospect. Baseball America is at 44, and Prospects mm-hmm. Live has him currently sitting at 31. Aaron, what do you think about Dalton? What do you think his chances are? What do you think we could possibly see him taking this year? First of all, I, I want to start this by saying that most industry insiders are going to say that there's going to be chaos this year in the draft. And so anything that we say, you know, it's just take it for what it's worth. <laughs> there's absolutely nobody who knows where players are going to go. But I will say that Dalton rushing, I've seen linked a lot to the Houston Astros, possibly at the 28th pick. If he does go in the first round, I think it'll be there. If he does not go in the first round, I can see him anywhere from 37 with the Cleveland Guardians pick. Uh, Dodgers pick at 40. That's where Baseball America has him. And I also saw a recent mock draft that has him at 41 to Boston. I think we'll see him somewhere in that range. But like I said, nobody really knows. And the next one that's going to come off the board, and there's there's a pretty decent-sized gap between Dalton and Michael Persecchi, the next prospect, which is kind of odd for Louisville over the years. But Persecchi right now is 180th by MLB Pipeline. He is 208th by Prospects Live, and Baseball America has him currently at 243. He's probably going to be a guy that's going to go in day two. Any of the day two rounds, we could see Prosecchi hear his name called. You know, he's a guy that really came out of the bullpen as a closer, stepped up his game this year quite a bit. So I think wherever Prosecchi lands, I think he's got a chance to to fight through the minor leagues and and make it one day, but um, he will definitely hear his name on the second day. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you said, Prosecchi is definitely a day two guy. I can definitely see him anywhere between rounds four and six if I had to take a guess. I tell you what, I love Michael Prosecchi and the stuff. He's he's very raw, but if you get him in the right organization, he's, he could definitely be a big league closer. And I I am very excited to see where he goes, and I hope that – uh you know, I have a, I got a few organizations in mind that develop pitchers very well, and I I hope that he goes to one of those. You know, I think the next one is a guy that it, it, is sneaky good too. Ben Metzinger, Prospects Live has him at one eighty. Baseball America has him at four eleven. Like Aaron was saying earlier, these these projections are just they're so wide. Nobody knows what's going to happen. You know, at one eighty and four eleven, the the range there is just all over the place. But Prospects Live does have Metzinger ranked as a top 10 third baseman. I think he has a lot of potential. I think Metzinger, you know, this year his bat really came on. Louisville really relied on him this year. He showed a lot of power. He can spray the ball to the other field. So I think I think Metzinger has a lot of tools that would be attractive 
to a major league program. Yeah, for sure. Metzinger is very versatile. You know, a team can draft him and put him anywhere on the field and he's going to succeed. And I definitely think that the bat plays with Ben. Uh, I think that we see the wide range here on the rankings. I think Baseball America was looking at Metzinger's age, noting that he's a senior, definitely a little bit older for the draft. But, you know, Prospects Live, once again, has him as a top 10 third baseman in the draft. Um, So I could definitely see him during day two, but I don't have a guess as to what round. (laughs) And the next one that's up, Jared Poland, who really came on this year as, you know, really the the dog of the weekend rotation. I'm kind of surprised to see that he's so far down. But Baseball America has him at 387. Prospects Live has him at 414. I think he could be a surprise in this draft this year, honestly. I think somebody's going to get a really good bargain out of him. Any any idea whatsoever where you think he may go? Uh, I tell you what, I could definitely see him as a late day two slash early day three guy. I think that the projections might be a little low for him too. This draft, I think, and you know, after outside the top three rounds, there's a pretty steep drop off in college pitching. And like you said, you know exactly what you're going to get from Jared Poland. A team could pick him up late and you know get a really good deal on him. And then send him to Double A next year because I do believe that he is that polished. He's a bulldog, and you know you know exactly what you're getting out of him. And next up is Levi Usher. Prospects Live has him at five eighty two. I think Usher is a very intriguing prospect to me. Obviously, he's fast as all get out. Stole a ton of bases this year, but his bat hasn't quite been there the past couple seasons. Outfield, you know, defensively, he covers a ton of ground. There's not a ball that is hit anywhere near him in the outfield that you don't think that Usher is going to make a play on the ball. So defensively, you're not going to find many players in the draft that play outfield better than Usher does. But his bat could hold him back. Where do you see him going? What do you think? What's the future look like for Usher? I definitely think he's a day three steal, and I, I do mean steal because last year he was a projected <laughs> top 20 pick, and you know having him slide down all the way to day three this year is is crazy. I definitely think that he does show flashes of being a five-tool guy. Like you said, the speed of the defense is elite. The, you know, It's second to none in the country. So I think that a team is going to be very happy if they're able to land Levi Usher on day three. This next one is probably the most intriguing to see where he goes in the draft to me of all the prospects on the list. And that's Tate Keener. Because if, depending on where Tate goes, if Tate gets drafted, there's a really, really good possibility that Keener could come back next year if he doesn't like where his name is called. And I think for Louisville fans going forward and Coach Williams and Mac next year, having a guy like Tate Keener with the experience that he has and really the way he turned it on at the end of the season because he struggled at the beginning of the year, but he he became that that go-to arm out of the bullpen that you know could get another shot in the weekend rotation. What What do you think? What what happens with Keener over the draft next week? What what are your, I guess, what do you think happens with him? I think Tate is my biggest wild card off this list. I honestly don't really know. I I want to say that the draft, you know, the major league draft, there's so much more strategy involved than any other league, uh, you know, both for players and for the teams. 
you know, so if he doesn't like where his name is called this year, of course he can, you know, come back to Louisville and try the draft again next year. But also he goes in next year as a senior, might not get the signing bonus that he would this year, even if he is taken lower this year. So it's anybody's guess where he may go. I, I don't really have an answer for that one. That's like go back to what we were saying about Metzinger is he he really wouldn't have as much bargaining power because he after you know if Keener comes back next year and then he goes to the draft after the 2023 season doesn't have an option to come back. So major organizations they have really the hand they don't have to give you as much money. That's your only option once they draft you. You have to go play to them. You can't go back to college. So yeah, that that's you know depend on what happens with Keener this year. What it gets offered if he feels he. It's a big discussion that him and Coach McDonald probably have with Coach Williams just to see what they think, you know, can his game, you know, develop further and possibly come back a year and shoot up in the draft depending on how he performs in 2023. So I think that's he's a big wild card, and I'm really, really curious to see where he hears his name called next week. I do think that, you know, those, those discussions are going to take place with Coach Mack, and, you know, he's not going to steer anybody wrong. And next on the list is Cam Masterman. You know, he really showed a lot of power this year. And I think defensively, Masterman has improved drastically over the past couple of years. I think he's a serviceable um, outfielder. Possibly you can move him to a, a first base spot. I don't know. He's a big, you know, big frame over there. What, what do you think about Masterman? What, any expectations for him getting his name called? I, I would absolutely love to see him go on day three. I definitely think that there is a lot of potential there for a team. You see a big power out of him, you know, even though he had that long stretch this year without any home runs, the home runs are going to come. And I definitely think that he swings it well enough to play in pro ball. I'm not sure that he sticks in left field. Like you said, I, you know, he's serviceable out there now, but he could move to first base in pro ball. Uh, as for a round or range of rounds that he could go in, I don't really have an answer for that one. And that that kind of goes with our next one, which is Ben Bianco, who really improved this year. I was really excited with his growth that we saw year over year at Bianco, defensively over at first base and at the plate. I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to find a better nine-hole hitter than Ben Bianco in the entire country. So love to hear his name called, but would you, say, would you be safe to say it's probably a similar situation as Masterman that it – up in the air and if if he doesn't hear his name called he could sign a free agent deal oh for sure i definitely think that that bianco and masterman are in the same boat uh you know bianco is i'd say that he's borderline elite at first base he's very very defensively sound over there definitely some questions about how the bat would translate to pro ball and you know masterman and bianco both are a little bit older for the draft uh, so I'm not sure that a team is going to use a draft pick on them, but I do think that there is good possibility that if they don't get drafted, you could see them sign a free agent deal. Yeah, and before we kind of hop over, we're going to talk about some of the high school kids as well because this recruiting class we've talked about before is ranked third in the country. So there's there's obviously some dudes in this class that aren't going to make it to campus. I've had a lot of questions about this a little bit in the past. So just to kind of talk how this works. So they obviously you can sign straight out of high school or you have to go to college for three years. And the each draft slot is slotted to make a certain amount on their signing bonus. But the teams, the organizations can increase 
or decrease that number to, I guess, sweeten the pot to get you to sign. So like, let's say your draft slot is slated to make a million and you're like, eh, I think I'm going to go to college if it's a million, um, which I wouldn't turn that down, but um, <laughs> yeah, I'd take a million bucks. But if you're, you know, if you're like, eh, I think I'm going to go to college, I think spending three years at Louisville, Vandy, Arkansas, wherever you are, I think I can improve my draft stock and be a higher pick or like Dalton um, has alluded to, you could, you know, you're going to mature, you're going to get older, you're going to gain that experience. So I think those players, they have to make a decision. Do they want to sign or do they want to go to school and try to increase their stock? So Louisville's had this happen a couple times in the past. They've actually had a couple guys that have moved into campus. They've been here, and then the organizations have called and said, whoa, 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 we found a little bit more money. Here you go. And then they moved out and went to Major League Ball. So that happens. It's just part of the game. Louisville's got a couple guys this year that definitely won't make it to campus. Cam Collier is the one that definitely comes to mind. He is ranked. PBR has him at 21. MLB has him at 12, and Prospects Live has him at 17. Um, he's the son of Luke Collier. He played in the MLB for a handful of years. Not going to dive a whole lot into Cam except remember the name because he is an absolute <laughs> dude. He's not going to play at Louisville. It's not going to happen. He's probably going to be taken somewhere in the pop, top. But where do you think? He, where have you seen his name, Aaron? Uh I saw prior to the combine, he was sitting around eight to 12 uh, after the combine. He's trending up towards top three. He had that good of a showing. So there was, there was never a chance that Cam was going to make it to campus. Yeah. I, I don't think we're going to see him, but wherever he is picked, kudos to him and good luck to Cam going forward. But he's not a guy we'll see in a Louisville jersey. Next on the list is Jacob Miller. He's a right handed pitcher out of Liberty Union. Um, high school in Ohio, PBR has him at 59, MLB at 44, and Prospects Live at 48. And he's a guy that throws 97, 98 mile an hour. He he's already said he's made up his mind. We don't know what that means because he hasn't said one way or another what it is. But he's already made up his mind what he's doing. I would imagine he's probably going to sign and go play pro ball, just with that comment. So. We'll see, but he's another guy to keep an eye on. Um, up next of the guys in the draft is Gavin Keelan. Um, Gavin is a guy that came comes from uh, Wisconsin, which is where Benellis came from, that, that place, that hitters organization. They're just loaded with talent. But he's another guy. He's ranked 65th by PBR. MLB has him at 97 and Prospect Live at 54. Another middle infielder. He's a guy that he's going to hear his name called early. It's just a matter of if that pot is sweet enough for him to sign or not. And then lastly from the recruiting class is Corbin Dickerson right here in our backyard at Trinity High School. Prospects Live has him at 147. I don't know where he's going to go. Another kid I'd love to see him show up at Louisville, but we have not fared too well with outfielders from the city of Louisville that were highly ranked with Dalen Lyle and Joe Adele over the past handful of years. So hopefully he shows up. Corbin's got a good game. 
um, shows some power. He's quick, covers a lot of ground, but I don't know. It, you know, it just depends on where he hears his name called and how many commas they want to put behind that dollar sign. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think that, you know, all these guys that we just listed in this recruiting class are trending up. But like I said earlier, this draft, more so than a lot of drafts in recent memory, it's going to be a lot of chaos. You know, there, I don't remember a draft like this where so many guys could go in so many different spots that nobody really knows what's going to happen on Sunday. I think you hit the nail on the head, too. I, I follow Louisville baseball recruiting quite a bit, and as I – as we get closer to the draft, it seems like every time I look these guys up, they, they're just going, they're getting higher and that's good for them. But if for, for them showing up on campus, that's not good for Louisville fans, but obviously you want what's best for the kids. So whatever they decide to do, whatever route they want to go, that is best for them. Yeah, for sure. You know, I wish nothing but the best for any of these recruits. And I, I hope that, you know, whatever happens during the draft that, you know, they do what's what's best for them. And I'm, I'm excited because no matter what happens, it's good for Louisville baseball. That's right. And just, you know, just the exposure when you see those guys drafted, you know, if it's up on TV, you know, Cam Collier drafted out of, he's actually in Juco ball right now, but, you know, wherever he's drafted and where he signed with, you know, that exposure of seeing the, the Louisville name on the screen with a top, you know, three or five pick, you know, it's just, it's just name recognition. So it's good for the program either way if they come or not. So now we are going to hop in and have our second guest of the summer. We promised we were going to have this summer filled with loaded guests. Luke Smith did not disappoint one bit. Guy's entertaining. I listened to him talk all day. And we are now joined by Dalton Rushing, Louisville catcher for the past couple of years. He is sure to hear his name called hopefully in the first round, but we will find out here in just a couple days. So Dalton. All right, Dalton, we know you had a very successful career at Louisville. You seem to really enjoy your time here. What's your elevator speech? If you're talking to a high school kid that's considering attending Louisville, what's your pitch to them to kind of persuade them to consider going to Louisville? Yeah, um, there's a lot of things I could really tell them. Um, I think the biggest thing is going to be maturity as a whole. And uh, I don't care who you are. You're coming out of high school. You have opportunities to be a high draft pick wherever you may land in the draft as an 18-year-old. Um, but you're not ready. No, Not many guys are ready out of high school. I think uh, the best fit for me, and the best fit for a lot of people, is go to school, get an education. Um, you're getting your education paid for. You're getting under like some of the best coaching in the country, especially there at Louisville. Um, Coach Mack knows what he's doing. If he uh, tells you it's a great deal and you need to take your money out of high school, then he doesn't say that to many people, but take it. Take it and run. Um, but for myself, for a lot of guys at that age, uh, go to school. Uh, you, you learn more about yourself. You learn more about the game of baseball. Um, learn how to handle failure just as much as success. And um teaches you a lot as a person and prepares you more and more for the long, long seasons you'll have in Pro Bowl. Yeah, you know, I've heard Coach McDonald kind of preach that over the years that, like you said, he doesn't tell a lot of guys to sign straight out of high school just because of, like you alluded to, the maturity. So I think that's that's big as a coach to be able to, you know, go to a kid that he wants to come play for his program and say, no, no, you do need to sign. Like, it, yeah. it is the right time for you. But also on the flip side of that, if it's not the right time, 
you need to come to campus. Like, Absolutely. you know, spending a couple of years here, it's going to do a lot for you in the long run. You're probably going to make more money if you do show up. Absolutely. You know, talk about that maturity thing. You know, we got to see you mature on the field. Obviously, I'm sure you matured off the field a lot as well. Uh, you know, leaving Louisville, you're an All-American. You're going to be on that right field wall. What kind of impact has Louisville had on you? Like, you know, because you've had so much impact on Louisville. So, you know, what, what kind of impact has it had on you? Yeah, I mean, Coach Mack, um, just himself, uh, not even to speak on the things that the players and the uh, other coaching staff have done for me, but Coach Mack as a whole just kind of from the day I stepped on campus, he kind of threw his hands on me and he was like, look, I'm, I'm going to mold you into the man that I produce out, coming out of Louisville. Like I, I continue to build these guys and I continue to send guys to the big leagues, all this. Um, and that's what I'm going to do with you. Uh, I'm going to get in with you. I'm going to get in your circle. and I'm going to make sure you do everything the right way. And um, that's what he did. He uh, took me in like a son and made sure that whatever I need to do to prepare to be a better player tomorrow, that's what he did. And um, I'm forever thankful for it. You know, that is awesome. You know, I think we hear that a lot from a lot of guys who have moved on from the program that Coach Max had that kind of impact. So it, it's awesome to hear that, that, you know, that kind of culture is is here at Louisville. Oh, yeah. No, it's uh, it's unbreakable. And they, they love you just like their sons. And it's uh, it's something you got to kind of cherish while you're here because, like, the day you step out, it's, it's you versus everyone. Um, you're kind of on your own. And that's something that's really uh, eye-opening for players that leave louisville uh but it's something they also prepare you for through your time at louisville um they, they teach you the good and the bad uh things to overcome things to handle and i think that was the biggest part of my time and you know your your time that you spent at louisville definitely wasn't uh traditional with 2020 ending yeah. you know, early due to covid you know 2029 had ups and downs and you know, missed the tournament 2022. You know, this team really, as Coach Mack has said a handful of times, you know, it reset the standard for Louisville baseball, you know, got, got the program back on track of where it should be going. What is there one moment or one memory that when you look back, you know, years down the road that really stuck out at Louisville, like that one, one moment that you'll take away that you'll never forget during your time here? Yeah. Um, I think it was – it's a little different for me. I know the uh, new guys coming in, it was a little different. But uh, I know myself as well as probably 80, 90 percent of the rest of the team this past year for 2022. Uh, one thing they loved was like proving people wrong and um, being able to show them like the doubt that you put on Louisville baseball is never you can never stand by that. Um, this is a program that's continuously just made their way into the postseason, made a run as deep as just about anyone year after year and um that was something after 2021 we're sitting there watching the selection show and we don't see our name called so like the upper class in that room it was like i thought that was special and it wasn't even like a happy moment for the guys it was more of like wow this sucks but like you knew right then looking around and seeing everyone in the room and like their facial expressions the way they reacted to us not making the tournament that 2022 is going to be a year that no one would forget. Yeah, it was definitely an exciting season. It ended in College Station, and yeah. I want to talk about that a little bit, the the atmosphere you all saw down there. You know, people talk about Texas A&M. It's one of the the most intimidating um, atmospheres that you'll see in all the college baseball. And you got to live it firsthand in a super regional, you know, not a bigger stage could have been played. 
at that moment. Yeah. What, what was it like for you being on the field? Is it is it really that intimidating? Or if not, like what's the toughest place that you played while you were in college? No, I, I believe that that and Ole Miss are up there hand in hand. Uh, yeah, that, with, that would have been my other one too. <laughs> those are two of the toughest places to play. But um, at the end of the day, like we're in College Station. I'm telling all the guys, like if you're worried about that kind of stuff, think of it this way. These people are paying hundreds of dollars to come watch you play over a weekend. You're providing them their entertainment. <laughs> So yep. don't don't entertain them by being worried about what they're saying or what they're doing. Like they're coming there to watch you. You're not watching them. And it's make sure they know that you're the center circle of why they're there and um, make sure your name stands there uh, no matter who you are. And I think that's what we did. Uh, I think they had a great group of respectful uh, fans. They all showed a lot of respect to us after the series. I mean, just seeing them around, walking out of the stadium, they were like, man, y'all put up a fight like no other team ever has coming into College Station. And um, that was the last thing we expected out of an ACC opponent. And uh, that took that a little bit to heart because we're like, ACC, like, ACC's a powerhouse, man. I don't, I don't, right. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but, I mean, that's – it was good competition in a uh, tough environment. But I think, I think this year was the biggest thing. I think our goals for the juniors and seniors were reset the standard and um, – make sure next year Louisville can reach that goal that they've been waiting for for forever. What was it like the first time they started their their ball four, ball five? Like we, I know we, we all talked about going into it. You're like, we don't want to hear that this weekend. Right? Yeah, what, no, was, but what was it like being on the field? Like how intimidating is that really? Oh, it was loud, man. Yeah. I was uh, I was back there catching um, Friday night. I think JP got into a little bases loaded jam. Yeah. Um, and during that jam, I think he got up to like ball five, ball six or so. And uh, I'm sitting there. I'm like, I really want to go talk to him, but it's just going to get louder. <laughs> I, I'm like, if I go up there and talk to him, it's just going to keep getting louder. So um, he, he's mentally tough enough. He's going to overcome it. That's what he did. I mean, he got out of the jam that he put himself in. And that's just what Jared Poland can do over time, man. He's um, he's a workhorse. But I, it was really cool, I think, at the end of the day, um, being able to see all the like commitment that A&M fans have in the games and the different chance that they have. And that just goes back to show you like, look, they're there to see you right. or their entertainment. So therefore like provide them the talent they want to see. Yeah. I, I really like that explanation. I don't think I've ever heard a point of view like that. I definitely yeah. think that's going to get you ready for pro ball too. That's a, yeah. that's a pros mentality right there. Yeah. You'll, you'll be in some tough environments and uh, that's, that's what I kind of go back to. It's just like, I mean, talking back on the career, like talk about Ole Miss, like, if I, was, if I were to tell you that I stepped up to bat on Saturday for my first start or whatever and I wasn't nervous, I'd be lying. Right. Um, but I just went right back to, like, you have 14,000, 15,000 fans there, like, centering their attention to you. And you're an 18-year-old that just stepped into college baseball. If you have that much respect out of fourteen or 15,000 fans, you're doing something right. Just relax and play the game. You attended the draft combine this year, second year of the, of the draft combine. It was out in San Diego. How do you feel like that experience helped you prepare for what's going to be happening this weekend? Yeah, I think it uh, allowed me to get to know every organization a little better, uh, what they were expecting from the start, um, what they want to bring into their organization, and just the way they work from a whole. Um, Prusecki and I both, uh, obviously, driving out there together, that was, uh, that was an experience like no other. You're getting to uh, be around all these guys across the country that could one day be playing in the big leagues against you. And um, pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I think I took most of the conversations for the most part, just being able to speak with GMs, uh, scouting directors, things like that. I think that was just one of the coolest things, uh, get to know where they're at as far as their head and what they want in the draft. Um, but yeah, no, it was a very cool experience. 
So you're talking about, you know, getting to meet all of these teams, general managers, scouting directors. Uh, you know, is there a certain two or three teams that you think you could go to or going into Sunday are all 30 teams on the table for you? Uh, no, man, I just I like going in it blind. Um, I don't really I don't circle my attention around one or any particular team. I think I've, I've told everyone this. Uh, it's the draft. It's a business. Every team has one goal in their mind. It's save as much money and get the guys that they want. So therefore, you can't pick and choose who you want to go to. It's you settle and whoever team that may be, you hit the ground running from the time you get on. Um, but no, I'm, I'm not really anticipating anything. Uh, certain pick, certain range. I'll go where I go. Uh, I'll go where the team believes my talent fits. And um, I'm excited to see where that's at. I I definitely think you hit the nail on the head there. You know, it's definitely a business and there is definitely a strategy to the major league draft. Like there isn't in any other uh, professional sports draft. And absolutely. Yeah. I, I think you're spot on. I know you said you're, you know, you're open-minded, you know, whenever you hear, hear your name called this weekend, obviously that's, that's where you're going to go. But, you know, as, as, a, as a kid, we always, you know, everybody has a dream of playing for, you know, whatever team you want to play for in, you know, in their home stadium with all their fans, like chanting your name, like take us back to like 10 year old Dalton rushing, you're a fanboy. Like who, who's your favorite team growing up as a kid? Like where would you love to play as a kid? If you, if you could pick one, one organization. Yeah. I'm an Atlanta Braves fan. Okay. Uh, man, I um, grew up loving Chipper Jones for the few years I got to watch him as a kid. Uh, so, I mean, that's, that'd be like a dream come true, of course. Yeah. But it just goes back to I want to go what fits me the best and what organization wants to mold me into the player that I can be one day. 100%. I think everybody around our age kind of loves – I guess I'm getting old. I'm older than you all. But as you know, as a, as a kid, we all loved the Braves, you know, growing up. Oh, yeah. Maddox and Jones and, you know. Absolutely. You know, they, they just had a lot of dudes out there to watch. So, I think all of Absolutely. us had a little bit of, you know, fanboy for the Braves back when we were a kid. Oh, yeah, you have to. So I got one final question for you here. I recently read something about your relationship with Henry Davis. You know, what can you tell us about that? And, you know, how has he kind of prepared you, you know, whether through, you know, direct conversation about the draft or, you know, you just watching him go through this process last year? Yeah, it's it's a little bit of both. Um, I refer to him as the brother I never wanted. But uh, <laughs> we, we butt heads like nobody's business. But uh, that, that just comes with competitiveness between the two. Uh, actually, I was on the phone with him yesterday. Uh, he's on, obviously, the IL right now. So he's going to spend some time down here in Florida at the training site. Um, I think I'm going to go see him tomorrow, actually. Uh, spend some time together, get to get dinner, something, catch up, kind of relax the mind before the weekend, draft hits. But, yeah, no, he's, he's helped me throughout everything. Um, just kind of being able to level-head myself and um, – not anticipate anything going in. Just let let it play out the way that it's going to play out, and accept whatever challenge is thrown your way. As far as organizations calling you, and um, just go with it. Oh, for sure. I think that's awesome that you were able to look to him and what he went through last year, and you know, especially because he was in that first group of people who went to the combine too. Oh yeah. You know, you're able to pick his brain and see how he went through the process. It's pretty cool. Absolutely. Don, just one more final question I've got for you. I'm, I don't know if you saw, but the graphic that the Louisville baseball Twitter account put up the other day with all the, the hats with the uh, 94 draft picks under oh, yeah. Coach McDonald. It's just, you know, you, you realize how much success Louisville's had over the past, what, 15, 16 years since Coach Mack's been here. But when you see that graphic and just how many hats are on there and read through the names that have come through this program over the past decade and a half, 
what's it like for you to know that, you know, you're going to be the 95th, like you're the next hat that's going to be on there. Like, what's that like for you when you see that graphic that Dalton rushing is the next name that's going to be on that list? I mean, it's, it's cool, man. Um, you get to kind of like look back on success now, nah, never a time to settle, but um, that's something you can kind of take a little pride in. That's something you came to college and that's what you wanted to work for, for three years, four years, however long it may be. Um, but uh, that, that kind of goes back to um, the mindset we had going into this year. It's I, I don't really care about the 95th hat. I want to see I want to see all my guys like buddies that I was beside on the field be the 96, 97, make it to 100. I want us to have 100 hats by the end of this draft. And um, I think the talent that we've had this past season uh, in the upperclassmen is well enough to hit 100. And um, that's a mile marker for uh, Coach Mack. That's something that not many coaches in college baseball can say mm-hmm. that they've accomplished um, over the years. 100 draft picks since 2007. That's just that's unreal. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, but don't get me wrong. But I just I want to see everyone else uh, that was a part of this team succeed and get the things that they've deserved and they've worked so hard for over the years. Well, kudos to you, and that's a hell of a mindset because you know you're you know you're going to be the next one, but you're not just worried about yourself; it's the teammates and stuff you're looking after. Which I think that is the culture that Coach Mack and Williams and Coach Snyder and yes, Vrabel and everybody over the years they've created. So, absolutely, uh, I think that's just a a tribute to what they have kind of instilled in the players and the program over the past fifteen, sixteen years. So, we just want to thank you for coming on tonight. We appreciate your time. Good luck next week in the draft. We'll be rooting you. for you wherever you land, and we appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Yes, thanks, I appreciate Dalton. it, guys. Take it easy. All right. Thanks, Dalton. See you guys. Big thank you to Dalton Rushing for joining us tonight on the podcast. We know that he's definitely busy this week, has a lot going on, so we definitely appreciate him taking time out of his schedule to chat it up with us about the draft and what his expectations are. Uh, if you're interested in watching the draft, and I think that everybody should be watching the draft on Sunday. It starts Sunday night at 7 o'clock. That's going to be the first round. You can watch that on MLB Network. First round and compensation rounds on Sunday night. On Monday, that's going to be rounds 2 through 10. And on Tuesday, you're going to see rounds 11 through 20. All right. And if you want to follow along any of the draft where the cards go and all that good stuff. Um, remember to follow me, Aaron. We'll be pitching all that stuff out on Twitter. Aaron, where can they find you if they want to check out your work and see where everybody's getting drafted this weekend? Uh, you can find my personal account on Twitter at AJTurn22, or you can find me running the Louisville Baseball Alumni Report account, and you can find my written work on the State of Louisville website. All right, and you can find me on Twitter at Matt Sefkovic or on cardchronicle.com. We will have plenty of stuff out this weekend into early next week with what's going on, where Dalton goes, where the rest of the guys go. See if we get to the quest of 100 for this um, this milestone that Dan McDonald has set for himself and his program. So hopefully we get there. If not, I guarantee you that the 2023 draft, Louisville will cross that 100 milestone. So in the words of Sean Moth, we will see you at the ballpark. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.